Cool. Hey, um, this is Thomas Pantoja. I'm a realtor with Coldwell Banker Beyond, and uh, this is my first podcast All right. ever in the universe. Here, my buddy Tim. Right on. 719 Lending. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good, man. So, yeah, like, uh, you know, when we were talking last time, uh, last time I was here at, at your office, you were talking about, you know, what it means to, like, be a good salesperson and, yep. and you know, I mean, what do you, what, what do you think people's like bad perceptions of like salespeople come from? Cause I know like when I first had like this interest in real estate, I was like, oh, that'd be a pretty cool job. You could like help people and, you know, seems you know, intellectually challenging and, you know, it seems like a pretty cool job. And then somebody mentioned like, yeah, oh yeah, it's a sales job. And I just like instantly got grossed out by it. And yeah. So. Well that, then I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to flip that question back to you. Why did you get grossed out about it? Um, I mean, I think that. I don't know, for me, I think it's just like this perception that, you know, to go into a, a sales career, it's like you're, you're trying to just, you know, get people's money or you're just trying to, you know, I don't know, there's always like... Deceive, maybe? Deceive people or like there's always like, you mm-hmm. know, tactics or like, you know, you, when you've experienced bad... yes sales or like you yep. know pressure and like mm-hmm. oh you you know how do you like psychologically manipulate people and get in the back door of their brain yep. to make money yeah and it just i don't know it didn't set well with me like coming from you know my my entire career being like in the non-profit world right like, you want oh, you want to contribute and be part of the solution not part of the problem right exactly right and so and sales i think they i think the worst thing about salespeople is salespeople. <laughs> right. Meaning that there are, you can do a lot of good, but you can also, salespeople have the ability to do bad. Right. Um, same thing to be, could be said about a lawyer, right? Um, take a public defender as an example. Public defender goes out, they help those that maybe can't afford um, an attorney, something to that effect. But at the same time, you can get some ambulance chasers you can get some people that uh, are just very litigious and they make somebody else's life miserable for the sake of making it miserable because they understand the system. And so that's what they do. So I think people's experience um, with it leads to their perception of it. And what I mean by that is take anything in, in life, you have an experience and you're going to base your feelings on whatever that experience is. That could be, uh, you go to buy a car and it's the greatest experience you've ever had. They yeah. serve you tea and crumpets and they put you in there and they tell you you're wonderful and you feel special and wow, I want to buy a car more often. This was fantastic. Or you go in there and it's like, uh, you know, slick Jimmy comes around. Hey man, you gotta buy it right now. Extended warranty. Come on. Man. This deal's only good for 12 more minutes. Let me go talk to my manager real quick. And you're just like, whoa, dude, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I think it comes down to the intention of the person, which leads to your experience, which leads to your belief system. So if you, th- if you say, well, they're just trying to get something from me, mm-hmm. right? They're just trying to get something from me. That's all that, that's all that they're, they're trying to do. They want, right. they want to, they want to get me to do something that I don't want to do. Right. Right. Um, and you could look at that. I mean, that's the same argument people have against religion. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, they're selling me something fake where other people are like, no, it's real. It feels real. I believe it. Um, and so your perception leads a lot to how you feel. Now let's jump into how that perception is, is created, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are, 
if you are a, a salesperson, your job is to, and this is going to sound a little bit weird, but your job is to pass your belief and your conviction on this particular item to the next person. Uh, if you have no conviction on this item, then you're, I mean, you're just selling garbage, right? right. That's all there's to it. And that's, I think, what leads to a lot of bad perceptions of people don't believe in what they're selling. There was a, a, a knife company, um, I don't know if it was, it may have not been Cutco, I can't remember who it was, but they required that the salespeople buy all of their all of their stuff before they go door to door. Yeah. They have to know that these are high quality knives. They have to, they have to understand, like, I, I own these myself. Uh, when I talk to, uh, you know, you talk to, uh, somebody about their product, if they haven't actually used, like, if you talk to me about a mortgage, I've never used a mortgage. I just know that I can sell you a mortgage. Yeah. That's not great. Right. Um, so when salespeople approach a sale, their belief leads to a lot of the outcome mm-hmm. of it. But like we said last time, nothing happens in the universe until something's sold. And that's what blew my mind last Nothing. time and like I've been really reflecting on a lot mm-hmm. is you know just the fact that you know our entire society you know that all of this innovation and yep. everything you see around like what you were saying like nothing happens without a sale like it's, even even like in the helping world in the nonprofit yeah. world like you need you know supplies you need things you need transactions you need money it has to happen exchange of value for all this stuff to come about. And it's like, okay, well, maybe that's not so bad. I mean, how are you supposed to purify water for people in a third world country if you don't have the means or ability to acquire the purification system? Yeah. Right. So it's, it, it, nothing happens. It's impossible for stuff to, I shouldn't say impossible, but nothing happens in an economy until something is sold. Look around this room. You have lights. Look at your phone as an example. Okay. Your phone has a screen. Somebody came with the parts for the screen. Right. Microchips, um, wiring, the case, the buttons. Somebody's buying and selling different parts all over to make that happen, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, does that, does that kind of lead down the path you were looking at? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I don't know, I think since we talked about that and reflected on that, like I feel much better about like getting into like sales mm-hmm. um, than I did before because it's like, you know, you – I think oftentimes you think like, or at least I have this perception that, okay, if you're a salesperson, you know, like just like we were saying, you're just trying to manipulate people or like trying to con people or trying to be like, you ever seen that movie Matilda? Yeah. And you know, her dad that, what was his name? Wormwood or whatever. It's like <laughs> trying to sell like the crappy cars to people yeah. and and do all that, you know, just it's a to good make, name for a crappy car. <laughs> right. You know, just to get, just to get something out of somebody. Um, but I think getting into like the business world and getting into, you know, sales, what I've been really reflecting on a lot. Um, I don't know if you ever, have you ever read the book, The Go-Giver? I have that, and I haven't finished reading it yet. Okay. But, I mean, just like the, you know, like the, the basic. I think, I think about three quarters okay. of the way through. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, just like basic concept of that book of like, okay, how do you give value to people? And that's just like really like when you start thinking about, you know, even like money and like what money is, mm-hmm. like it's not, you know, it's not about money is not about currency Mm -hmm. it's about how do you exchange value like even as like a realtor or as a mortgage lender or as a you know a social media mogul like gary vaynerchuk like Mm -hmm. you know these people you're giving you have to give more value to somebody than than what you're getting than you expect to receive in cash and it's like that's what it's really about it's like understanding like okay 
how like even when you think about like people in the world and like the thing I told you that like a, you know like a couple months ago I made this TikTok of like how do you own a mansion in Colorado Springs right so like do all this reverse engineering on like okay so who owns these houses you know you go to the public record yeah and then you kind of you know okay look them up on LinkedIn and then you know who are they and a lot of the people who like live in these really big mansions like down by the Broadmoor and stuff like they're they're CEOs. They've mm-hmm. been doing this for decades, yeah. and they're working in, like, infrastructure kind of deals, like in technology, in mm-hmm. oil, in real estate investing. Um, but you got to recognize it's like, you know, you know, how do you get to that? Like, when you drive into that neighborhood, it's like, okay, you see, like, you know, you see an event, right? You don't see the process of, like, these people yeah. probably, not probably, uh, you know, they had to have sacrificed, you know, hundreds of hours every, you know, a hundred hours, probably more every week Yep. and be giving all this value it's to the a part company. everybody misses and, you know, uh, stacking cash and being, you know, wise with investing and like doing all these things to like, okay, to get to that point, you know, and that's, and that's there, that, that is a massive misunderstanding when you see somebody driving around in a Lamborghini, you're like, Oh, one of two things, either, um, he's, some sort of slimy businessman that, 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 you know, or he inherited some money, right? What they don't understand is I would say 9.9 out of 10 or 99.9 out of a hundred of those are people who went through the trenches and they fought and they lost. Yeah. And this morning in our morning meeting, we had a quote from Michael Jordan. Mm. I've missed 9,000 shots, 26. I've lost 300 games, 26 times. I've been, you know, given the opportunity to shoot the game-winning uh, shot, and I missed. And he goes through and, like, lists his failures. And that's why I now succeed. Because you have to look at that and say, okay, uh, what are what are my what are my failures? And we talked yesterday in my office. These are refining moments. They, they have to refine you to make you become better. If you refuse to become better, then, you're, then, then it was just pain. It was just a struggle is all yeah. it was. These guys that that have succeeded, these men and women who have, you know, what you would deem as financially successful or, you know, monetarily successful. Um, A vast majority, I would say, I mean, outside of the 1% who just happened to, you know, nepotismly got jobs, you know, to to the greatest companies in the world or the biggest companies in the world, I should say the greatest. But outside of that, most of them have fought, struggled, failed miserably, kept fighting, learned, became wise, and the you know you you go back to that old quote. What does it say? Uh, good times create weak men. Mm-hmm. Weak men create bad times. Bad times create strong men. Strong men create good times. And you look at that and you say, if it's too easy, that's going to actually lead to the end result. Isn't that great? It may feel good right now, but the end result is actually going to be worse. Yeah. You have a struggle now. It's okay. So now you now you take that. Okay, salespeople. Uh, you look at that and say, salespeople, where are you at in that cycle? So when you jump in and you say, I'm going to be a real estate agent, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be a, you know, a slimy, uh, you know, get rich quick, uh, buy this house, go, go, go. Right, right, right. This is not real. There, there, there's, you, there's the occasional lucky swing that yeah. somebody gets get rich quick. The occasional, very right. rare, right? Most of the time, it's a long refining process. And so when you go talk to a salesperson, you have two factors that I would say that I'm thinking of now is, is uh, how well have they been refined and how long they've been doing this. 
And, you know, who are they as a, as a person, obviously, but that's going to lead to your experience with that salesperson. So now you look at it and say, well, what, it, you know, what do I, how, how have I been refined through life? Yeah. Right. Um, but there's a, <laughs> sales is a funny thing. There, there's, there's what I like to say is our, our success is directly tied to our contribution. You have to contribute. That, that's, there's no other way to do it. Mm-hmm. Again, you'll get a lucky swing three, four, five years, and then you're out. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. everyone forgets about you, but long-term success is not a lucky swing. So you have to give more than, than what you're asking in return. And so as an example, you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk. He has the jab, 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 right hook is a book from what, five, 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Right. And you have to give, give, I don't have any right to ask you for anything unless I contribute to you. Right. I have no right to it at all. In fact, if I ask you, you should shut me down because I'm a horrible salesperson. Just shut me down. Be done with me. If I approach you with respect and I can provide value to you, and now I provide value to you multiple times, I have every right to ask for a little reciprocal behavior in asking for some business at that point. But if I had no value to you, what am I doing? Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm asking, I'm a taker. Give, give, give. Right. Come on, Thomas, hand it to me. Give it to me. Buy this. Okay, next. It's ridiculous, yeah. right? It doesn't it doesn't work out. So when I look at that and say, if I have to give more than I expect in return, I have to provide value. Um, I'll, give, I'll give you a story. Um, I mean, it just happened today. It happens to me probably minimum five times a week, maybe 10. Okay. But minimum five times a week. This is, this is your lesson in where somebody's at as a salesperson. Um, you get a phone call. We have what's called account executives or just salespeople from different banks that want us to do business with them. And, you know, realtors and loan officers make this, this a massive mistake all the time doing this. Um, they call and they say, hey, Tim, this is Thomas at ABC Bank. Just want to let you know we're the number one non-prime lender in the entire country. We have all these amazing programs. I think this would really help you out. And by the way, is there anything you're working on? I can't? And you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down, man. How do you even know I got time? I answered the call out of respect and courtesy to answer whoever's calling me. It doesn't mean I have time to sit here for 15 minutes on a, on a long-winded sales call. Right. But they made a huge mistake, massive mistake, and this happens constantly. They jump directly into a presentation that tell me what I need to know, they, or they tell me what they think I need to know. They, they don't know what I need to know. Right? They, they, they have no idea. On the flip side, there's a couple old-timers that call, and, man, they are steady as anything, they're not pushy, but they're steady and they're consistent. They'll call, Tim, this is Mary over at XYZ Bank. Um, I was hoping to talk to you for just a few minutes. Do you have a few minutes now or maybe could, it, could we schedule a time later? Just two, three minutes is all I need. Uh, I, was, I was really hoping to um, you know, show you some of the stuff that could, might be able to help your business. Yeah. And then at that point, I can say, okay, I got two minutes. Go. Okay, well, I just want to introduce myself and uh, want to see how you know how your business is doing, and uh, you know, see if you guys you know, we have this product that maybe would work for you. And they start they ask a few questions without getting too intrusive because in, too intrusive in the beginning is horrible. And so there's five steps to this process that I like to call the sales process, and uh, I'm going to test you on this in a second. Okay. Okay. Step number one: you have to gain rapport with the person. So let's say you're uh, let's say you're at a car lot. You walk up to a car lot, you and your wife, and they have a really big, awesome Jeep, right? And you're like, 
yeah, that's what I want, right? The salesperson's 25, 26-year-old, probably a bachelor, college dropout, but who cares? You can still succeed that way. Man, they're like, and he's pumped about this car. He sees you walking by. He sees you got eyes on that. Like, oh, yeah, that guy's buying a Jeep. He comes over and he starts rattling off everything about this Jeep, man. We got dual lockers. We got a supercharger. We got, it's got wings. You can fly, Thomas. It's the most amazing thing in the world. What he didn't do is number one, he didn't gain rapport with you. He didn't, right. he didn't find out. He made no emotional connection to you whatsoever. And the second step to that is you have to, what I call the needs probe or the, you know, like kind of what do you need basically. Right. So that needs probe is what, what are you guys looking for? So before I open my mouth about that Jeep, it's like, Hey, how you guys doing? I'm Tim. I work here at the car lot. Ah, I see you brought your helpers today, the decision makers, you know, your little kids running around. You make light. You make a little connection. You look at the needs and say, what, you know, what are you guys looking at today? What This guy didn't, this 26-year-old, you know, super pumped up, excited about this Jeep guy didn't find out was what you really need is a minivan, preferably hybrid, right? <laughs> but Thomas isn't excited about that, but it doesn't matter because that's what they actually are going to need. He didn't take the time to get to know that the fact that, your wife is the one that really needs this, and you really want to get this for your wife to make life better and, and everything else. They don't take the time to do that. They jump right into the presentation. They just barf out their presentation. Right? right. Hey, let me present this product to you. And then pretty soon, after he talks to you about it for 25 minutes, he realizes you look at your wife, your wife looks at you like, come on, man. I've Let's go look at the minivans. And that kid has zero connection with your wife. There's no way he's selling you and your wife anything at that point he has a lot of repair to fix up yeah. if he if he's going to do it and so i know it's a little long-winded to talk about sales but it is something that i mean i think about it and i, I don't just think about it. i work at it all the time yeah. right well it's interesting i think um what's his name uh the real wolf of wall street yeah um yeah, whatever his name is, yeah, uh, the New York guy. Yeah, like I was, you know, doing some research into him and like his his real life story, and it, it was just interesting because you know he came up, you know, with a, a book recently. It's called like the Straight Line series, and it was like the same approach mm-hmm. that he used like in real life to like yeah. you know get all these people like you know yeah. buy all these junk yep. stocks that made him and his buddies all rich or whatever. Um, but you know since he's like gotten out of gone to prison and gone through this whole like life cycle now that he's, you know, like in his fifties or whatever, he's put ethics into it, which yeah. is really interesting. You know, like how mm-hmm. do you ethically sell something to somebody or how it's the same technique for good and evil? Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, so, I mean, just, you know, reflecting on like, how do you, you know, it's like having a superpower, right? Yeah. It's like, you can use it for good. You can use it for evil. Yep. Um, but, you know, how do you, how do you use it for good? And like, what's, you know, what's your intentions behind it? And you know, what is it that you really want to get or to give? And I think that's like the biggest thing for me, like realizing like, you know, if it's, if it, if it really is about, you know, it's really about value. It's like, on a, like if, if, as a person, no matter like, even if it's not even sales, just as a, as a professional, you have to constantly add value to yourself, whether that's yep. listening to the podcast, reading books, taking classes, getting another degree, doing all these things. Mm-hmm. So when you step up to the plate and somebody's giving you something back, whether it's compensation for a job that you're yep. doing or, you know, you know, you're selling something to them, you know, you, it's really earned because yep. you, you, you are really truly giving that value back to people. It's not right. just like you're out here conning people out of mm-hmm. stuff. Well, how do you think you get hired for a job? 
you you the the employer assumes they're getting more in return than what they're paying for you. Mm-hmm. If they fe- at least from a monetary standpoint, I'm going to pay you fifteen dollars an hour to perform this particular job, and I'm assuming that I will make sixteen dollars an hour by you performing that job, right? So you and and by you going into the interview, I'm bringing you value, right? That, that's what I want to do. I want to bring you value. Now, as the employer, you have to add more value than. The other places that pay fifteen dollars an hour, yeah, like it's not just monetary; it's other stuff too. Work environment, benefits, uh, hours that you work, right? Uh, weekends off, whatever it is, you you are also adding value to that person's life. So, value is a very interesting thing, and this is where I think a lot of loan officers and real estate agents get it radically wrong: mm-hmm. is perceived value is not the same as value. Mm-hmm. So, as an example. Let's say you come up with a, you're a real estate agent, you come up with a very, very cool way to list a house. Yeah. Right? Um, or maybe you're, maybe you're going to do a, a discount. I'm going to do this for 1% listing fee. Right? I'm going to get, everybody, everybody's going to list with me now. I, I just saved them $10,000. Maybe that wasn't their need. Maybe yeah. that wasn't really what they need, what they wanted in that situation. You can go out and shout it from the rooftops. And you can't understand why nobody's buying this because what you believe was the value wasn't the value the market was was wanting at the time. You have to provide a value that's in alignment with what the market wants at that time. So you look at that and you say, I'm standing from the rooftops, 1% listing, I'll do it all day long, I'm going to save you $10,000. Um, that's, that's great. And then you're going to get really worn out because nobody's going to listen to you or you get one or two or people that just talk a lot. What they really need is somebody to connect with, somebody who can help them understand the moving process isn't as traumatic to your family as you might think. Uh, or what side of town do I need to live in? And why is that? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like there's a lot more. So when you look at it as a sales from a real estate agent, and I, I think of it as you're providing value on their terms, right? So, yeah. and, and you look at that and you use your powers for good, meaning I understand I need to connect with you. I need to connect with you. That, that's how sales happen. I have to connect with you ahead of time. And I'm not going to use this to trick you out of junk stocks and go to jail, right? What I'm going to do is I'm going to use this to help you in an ethical manner achieve what you want. So that rapport is very, 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 very important in the beginning. But just don't jump into the presentation. Understand your value. If you just jump out and, and barf out your presentation, that may not be the value the person wants. You as a real estate agent, you have a lot to bring. You know, you could, it could be, I can get you more for your house than somebody else. I can help you with the moving process. I can help you understand this. I can uh, connect you with uh, uh, the right industry professionals. Maybe you're moving to Kentucky and you need a realtor out there. I can help connect you. Like I, ha- I can help you through the whole process. I'm not just doing it for a few dollars cheaper. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So that presentation has to be in alignment with the market is wanting. I think that's, you know, I don't know. I think a big thing for me and I think a, good, a big thing for anybody who is like, has really good intentions in this field is like to be like a coach mm-hmm. to somebody and to like, you know, really understand where they're at and like, you know, do you really need to buy a house right now? Is that really the best yeah, financial option for you? Like is living in, in Colorado Springs that, you know, that important Yeah, or would it maybe be better to live in Kansas city where you can live a lot, you know, a lot more cheaper. For $120,000, you, you can know? get yourself, get yourself a nice double wide. Right. Know? Exactly. Like, you know, there's so many more, you know, I think in intentions and like thoughts and, and exchanges you can have with people than just always like forcing yourself yeah. 
on on the sale and on making money. And I think that from what I've seen so far, that's I think a lot of successful real estate agents and successful business people, you know, it goes so much farther. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, like why I hate Sirius XM. Like, yeah. you know, you try to get out of their contract and they send you through like eight different managers <laughs> and they, you know, ask you 8,000 questions. Like, I just don't want to, I, like, no I, I don't want satellite radio And that's anymore. just it. And it's just like, why does like Spotify rock now? You can just cancel it. There's no yeah. pressure. Yeah. It's like Amazon, you know, yep. you, you can return things easy. Like some, a lot of times I don't even have to return it. It's like, yeah, just keep it and we'll refund your money. Like they're not going to yeah get all upset about something that costs $12, $15 when they're making they, billions they, they of under, dollars, They understand you know? that the client experience is very, very important. Yeah. So this is what we tell real estate agents, the difference between, between a job and a career. Mm-hmm. So the job, you have a real estate agent that goes out and they, I'm using air quotes, get it done, right? Yeah. They're the pit bull agent. They're going to get this done. All they've done is get that one deal done. That's a transactional mindset. That's not a relational mindset. Mm. And so if you want a, a job is a transactional mindset, a career is a relational mindset. I like that. And, 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 awesome. Yeah, think about that. You, in 20 years, you have past clients that are calling you. I'm closing on a loan. In fact, I'm here in about half an hour with a guy who's family. I did one. I treated him right, took care of him. They've referred, referred, referred because you take care of the people. And now you can build a career mm. out of this. And it's not just a you know, transactional job yeah. where, where you're going to quit and go, you know, I don't know, be a barista next week or something. It's, you know, right. you are, you're, this is your, this is your path, Yeah, you know, and, you, and you're, and you're sticking to it. And I, I think a, a, a one huge failure point, I know we're running about out of time here, but one huge failure point that a lot of salespeople have is when you have, when you have actual value that you're delivering a massive, massive, critical point that salespeople miss is the consistency in sticking with that until, until, you know, if the market likes that value, you have to stick with it because you're going to get shot down. You're going to get kicked down and you need to stick with, with the, the product that you have. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's either poor value and you stick with it, you know, selling something nobody wants or you have good value, but then you don't stick with it long enough to make it work. It takes, just like you said, the people that live in very nice houses or have monetary success, it takes time. You can't beat yourself up. You ha- you, you're going to get, you're, you're refined, you become better. You look at that and say, I didn't, my end result wasn't what I wanted it to be. I, I've got to change. I'm not asking you to change, you to change, you to change. I need to change. Mm-hmm. And for me to change, I have to recognize and be smart enough and wise enough to understand what that is. And then I can make my small tweaks. It, does that kind of make sense? Yep. And that presentation, if it's real value and you're consistent, consistent with, um, you know, with your job, that's, I mean, that's where the success comes from. It's, you know, Tom Brady, have you ever looked at his, uh, his um, draft photo? No. He looks like a, I don't know, a really soft preschool boy. Mm. He's standing there, he's soft and, Weak and everyone, you know, that's why he didn't go to like the sixth round or something like that, right? Yeah. And everyone, you know, not when you can take these massive sculpted specimens of humans. Um, but guess what? He sticks with it. He sticks with it. He sticks with it. He studies the game. He studies the game. He's in, the, you know, Kobe Bryant. I always go back to Kobe Bryant. I've never, ever seen one thing. Uh, and say what you want to him about a person. I'm talking about work ethic. I've never seen anything from another teammate that didn't say 
he always, not just sometimes, not once, not flash in the pan, he always was there before us. He stayed later than us. We'd go out. He would practice his drills. He wanted to be the best, and he 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 stuck with it to be the best. Yeah. So. And that's it. Anyway, yeah. I think, I mean, that's what I've been hearing over and over again, and that's just, like, what I see. Like, someone, like, I've been really obsessed with lately is Kendrick Lamar, the rapper. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the biggest rappers in the world. Like, a lot of people consider him up there with, you know, Dr. Dre and Snoop yeah, yeah. Dogg. Like, you know, the big time. And he's blown up so fast. But, like, I was doing some research on him. I mean, he was been doing this for eight years before he even got his big break. Eight yeah. years. That's what a if, long time. What if he stopped at year seven? <laughs> right, exactly. You know? You know? If he's 24 years old, there's a third third of his life's been doing nothing but this. Yep. Total focus. And knowing that this is your passion, this is your drive, this mm-hmm. is your direction, this mm-hmm. is where you're going. And can I... And by the way, he's he's probably been shot down a million times, right? Yeah, like, for sure. I, I'm going up, I'm going up. And no, you're not good enough. So many. You're not rappers, smart enough. So you know many. exactly. Well, there, there are a dime a dozen. How right. many people rap, right? A dime a dozen. But you have to keep sticking with it, right? You stick with it, stick with it, and so it's it's a lot of really hard work. But you know, sales, ethics, good presentation, delivering what the market wants, adding more value than what you expect in return, and and there's a, there's a lot. If you can sell, Thomas, you can. Anything, pick your job, pick your pick your position, pick your direction. If you know how to sell, you can do it, especially if it's if it's legal and ethical. <laughs> I love it. All right, Tim. Well, cool. I think that's our time, man. Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thomas. All right. All right.